0: Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash iFanboy.
1: This is iFanboy Booksplode, New Gods by Jack Kirby. Explode New Gods by Jack Kirby. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I am here with Josh Flanagan. Hello! And we are recording from Apocalypse. Kind of. It's my house where there's nonstop construction going on, and as we're all stuck inside still, it's just a fact of life, and they're being particularly loud today, so I wanted to call it out just in case you hear sawing or drilling or whatever behind me. Those are the pits. Yeah. That's all it is that you're. That's where the hunger dogs are.
0: Yeah, you're down in the Armageddon, and, (laughs) you know, that's
1: the pits of endless toil, and, uh, you know, that's appropriate as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. You know, just keep that in mind. We apologize, but that's just reality of life right now. We're talking about New Gods by Jack Kirby, a collection of just the New Gods stories, because there was that giant fourth world omnibus that came out a while ago. That includes basically everything. It has Mr. Miracle, and it has all this. This is just the New Gods collection and also some other things we'll talk about in a second. When did this volume come out? 2018. So this is a recent collection of the work of Jack Kirby when he came over to DC from Marvel in the 70s. Spoiler warning, this is a review for books that came out almost 50 years ago. New Gods number one (laughs) came out in 1971, and this collects the first 11 issues of that, and then again we'll get to the other stuff that happens after that. Josh, you know the history better than I do. Do you want to talk briefly about Jack's move from marvel to dc
0: boy i wish i'd studied for this because it's been a little while since i thought about it but i I mean i think the idea is that over time he was getting a little more and more frustrated like his relationship with stan wasn't great you know and he had just you know he wasn't getting the respect that he wanted to and also like he would the money well right he was gonna say he would continually complain about money you know like he he was constantly thinking that he was getting screwed over and he was i mean that's key but also like he had this weird personality trait where he would complain a lot, but he would keep doing it. Like he had a really hard time making a change. And so finally, you know, DC made an offer that was, you know, so sweet that, you know, he finally felt freed by it. And, and, you know, I think the idea at the time was that when he did that, he really was very happy Mm -hmm. with everything that happened. But his, his contract, I think his contract was 15 pages a week. (laughs) This is not at Marvel, not before that. When he went to DC, His contract was 15 pages a week. He was, if not a senior citizen, he was well into his
1: 50s at this point. He was 54 when he went to D.C.
0: Right. He's not inking, but he is basically like on new gods. He was his own man. He wrote, drew an edit. Right. He wrote through and edited. He got to do whatever he wanted, you know. And if you look in the back of this page, in the back of this book, there's some pencils from New Gods. And uh, he lettered the damn. He did temp lettering. Like, so he was writing it on the like, I think he was writing the book on the board. There was no script. He just said, here are my pages. They would, you know, get them inked and then a letter would come over and paste up the letters over the stuff that he would put in there. But like he stage managed the whole thing. And this is in addition to I, I think he was doing Jimmy Olsen at the same time.
1: Well, he was doing a bunch at the same time. In 1971, basically, all these books hit. In addition Jimmy Olson, he did Mr. Miracle, and, and he did The Forever People, yeah. which is part of the New Gods. He came over, and they gave him carte blanche to create this world. According to Mark Evanier, who was his assistant, this was meant to be a finite story. So this miniseries uh-huh. was meant to be 12 issues or so and tell a complete story. The original plan was to end with the death of all the New Gods, and they were, it turned out the book was really popular, and DC said, no, 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 this is going to be an ongoing. And that pissed Jack off. And mostly because they said, we would have done this differently if this was an ongoing. We would have applied this differently. And so, you know, he found tension in DC there too. So, so there's a lot of interesting things that happen as you read it. And I'm, I was actually really happy to not know much of this. I didn't look up the history of the book until after I finished. Because when you hit the end of issue 11 and you get that page explaining what happened in history, I was like, Whoa. So that was a mm-hmm. fun surprise to hit. Let's get to that when we get to that. Let's talk about the story of New Gods, which is 11 issues. And it's mostly an Orion story. It's the interest of the New Gods, the interest Dark Darkseid and Apocalypse and Dasaad and Calabac and Steppenwolf and Highfather and Orion and Mr. Miracle shows up briefly and Light Ray and people like that. But it's mostly a story about Orion and his quest to destroy Darkseid. Yeah. The first thing that stuck out to me was that this book was written and drawn in 1971, and if you had told me it was written and drawn in 1963, I wouldn't have batted an eye. That's probably It doesn't right. feel like a 1970s book. Even though it's 71 and, you know, time is immaterial and things don't just change, with the calendar changes. But the characters look like a six, from the 60s, the people on Earth look like they're from the 60s. If you told me this was done while he was doing Fantastic Four, I would have said, yeah, I, I buy that.
0: I mean, sort of, like, from a standpoint of, like, the style, but, you know, if you look at those early Fantastic Four pages, he was, I don't want to say holding back, but he may not have reached his full powers in terms of page layout and things like that.
1: Well, early on, by the end of it.
0: Yes, basically. You know, so, like, this is Kirby in full flower, I think. And then also, as you get to the stuff at the end, you know, from from 10 years later, it's, you know, a fading Kirby. Yeah. To a certain extent.
1: But it gets to the Earth, so it starts off, there's battling happening in New Genesis and Apocalypse, and then it ends up, he ends up on Earth because Darkseid Dark has stolen a bunch of Earthlings. And so Orion frees them, and they all end up back on Earth. And I just thought, there's beehive haircuts. The men are wearing like these fedoras. You know what? Like,
0: You're right. You're absolutely right. In fact, as I was reading it, I think I, was, I it didn't occur to me because it felt like the Fantastic Force. Fair. Yes. I see what you mean. Dave Lincoln.
1: It's like we that's the first about Alan, mention of Dave Lincoln, Alan Davis. Now, who still draws everyone like it's the '80s. Like I was like, oh, he's good point. He's still very firmly in the 1960s aesthetic, which I'm not complaining about, but it's just interesting to, to to note. It is. I don't think that I had put that
0: together, and I think it's probably not all that uncommon. I think that we tend to, you know, like like we as people who do not live during this time, you know, you, you tend to go, oh, the '50s looks like this, the '60s looks that's like right. this, the '70s looks like this, but it's slower than that.
1: Yeah, seventy still early,
0: right? And everyone isn't walking around in you know flower power T-shirts
1: and stuff like that because people who are you know
0: Jack's age, you know, probably dressed like they did you know in the in the late
1: fifties. Oh, for sure. My you know, dad wore they... a fedora to work in, into the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Fashion is what it is. It's just like I said, if you told me this was nineteen sixty four, I would have believed you because just the way the Earth was portrayed.
0: Yeah, it's very Mad Men era fashion for. It's also interesting face. to
1: note that it takes place in the city of Metropolis, but it's clearly not in the DC universe. I mean there's no way this it's clearly New York City. Right, well that's what Metropolis is, but it's but there's no way this cosmic right. war would be happening in Metropolis and Superman wouldn't pop his head in. Be like, Hey, what's going on, guys? It's set Metropolis and it's eventually folded into the D C U later, but clearly there's no intention of this being in the DC universe for this particular
0: Yeah, story. and I kinda wasn't sure.
1: Like I, I, I realized
0: I, wasn't I was reading it, I was like, Oh, this is not there yet. Well, i I don't know what point exactly that they crossed over, but one another thing I do know is that <laughs> when uh D C were releasing these superpowers toys. Yeah. In the early 80s, they were having a problem with villains. Like, they had the Joker and they had x and they were like, we need another set of of villains. And this would have been the first time I ever saw the new gods was... The toys. Yeah. The toys, those are kind of where I met DC superheroes for the most part. Like, I knew Superman and Batman, but like, as a sort of universe, Mm -hmm. uh, those were where I was introduced to them. And, you know, that was also the first time that I saw Darkseid and Calibac and Dasaad and Steppenwolf. I remember those toys very clearly. And and what it was is those were to round out the other side of the bad guys in the toy line. So that was part of it. Then the other part of it was that it became a pretty significant payday for Jack Kirby. And right. it was like a good thing that Jeanette Kahn and Paul Levitz could do for him. You know, it fit. They didn't just do it to be nice, but th- there was a real side benefit of like he didn't get. It's it, when I say it out loud, it's ridiculous. Got nothing for what he did at Marvel, other than the page rate that he got. Right, think about that.
1: No residuals, no cut of anything. Yeah,
0: and I don't know the results that there's been lawsuits and whatever and all this stuff. And I know Kirby gets a credit in the movies, but all you know, speaking, you know, the most uh, powerful science fiction superhero action franchise in the world, he has more than a you know i'd say probably more than 50 percent hand in creating it he got nothing from that so those superpowers toys those were his big payday
1: and that's not unusual because consumer products make a lot more money than than publishing does so those toys came out in 1984 which is the same year that this story concluded with that new issue with the reprint of the original miniseries but for me that is the same thing so you know we were like seven When the toys came out? They came out at the same time as the Marvel Secret Wars toys. That hit like a bomb for me and all my friends. Suddenly all of our comic book characters, we could get in toy form. I didn't really know about Darkseid. I just know he was this awesome giant figure who who loomed over everybody else. and, And you could squeeze his legs and he would pound down on everybody. And he was great did his have, eyes
0: light up? Or there was like a... There was a, an opening in his head. For those, so yeah. if you shine light in it, his eyes would glow,
1: I think. They were great toys. That was my first introduction to those characters, too. I didn't know much about them other than they were awesome. And I got the record that you could get. And so I heard, <laughs> I learned about the world a bit more through listening to that record, which I just bought on eBay recently. <laughs> so my introduction to the new gods and dark side and all those characters, in particular through comics, didn't really happen until Legends... In 1986, which was the crossover event that sort of reset the DC universe after Crisis of Infinite Earth.
0: I love that you're like, and that didn't happen until I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I've been reading comics for a long time at that point. I know that. You were a very advanced reader for nine. Actually, eight, given when your birthday is. And then the year later,
1: I was reading Dark Knight Returns when I was 10. So that was my introduction to the comics don't shiv don't shiv there was a lot that went over my head at 10 <laughs> a lot of ronald reagan stuff anyway this is not about the dark Knight Returns. that's when i first was really introduced to them in the comics was the legend story like so they were made the villains of that and then later through cosmic odyssey which came out a couple of years later but i had no idea who they really were I, you know obviously, never read i the, read these comics this is the first time i've ever read this particular story even though i have the omnibus i haven't read through it yet what did you think of this initial story this 11 part orion story
0: I think that in order to talk about this, we're going to have to probably go more into like your more of an overview and then focus on a little specific things because to sort of look at it the way that we've looked at, you know, sort of comic book stories in the past, it just doesn't fit in that mold in a way. I kind of didn't know what to expect because it's funny because I had read about this. I've read novels about this, but I have not actually read this Mm -hmm. where, you know, they would talk about how, how Kirby's writing was kind of all over the place and his use of bolding was just way out of control and it would be on stuff that didn't make any sense. And I found that not to be true at all. I found it remarkably, it was dated in terms of just sort of the bombast of what comics were in his mind and of the time, probably more of the 60s and the 70s, as we were getting into, he would have been out of place at this time, I think. You know, there would have been people who would have said, he's the master, he's the king, he's the best. But maybe the kids who had just well, gotten into sold. comics,
1: you know. I mean, that's yeah. the whole thing was they sold well. Yeah. It was an audience. That's floor. true. But you're talking about
0: at the time when when in the 70s, comics are starting to modernize a little as we slip from the Silver Age into the, the slightly, Bronze Age. Starting.
1: Slightly. I mean, it really doesn't Steve Engelhardt. Their, for their 15 Steve, years.
0: Steve right. Gerber. It was a 70s thing. Starlin, you know, like, it, it just, they, a little bit. I didn't know what to expect in terms of that. Because I really had read that this was sort of scattershot and all over the place, and I did not have that feeling as I was reading it. Maybe there's parts where there was a lot, and I don't want to say it dragged on, but it, it just it felt very full. I think you and I both said it was like eating a very rich meal. You oh could yeah, eat some. Like I gotta sit back for a bit.
1: I couldn't read more than four or five in a sitting.
0: Yeah, and but in terms of sort of like you know, I I saw no problem with the bolding. Like you read it like it was written out, and I was like, this totally works. We jumped back and forth in time a little bit, which is actually you know. It's probably pretty advanced for him uh, to have done this. Like it, it, it felt pretty fully formed. And I think I undersold Kirby's writing mm-hmm. or had it undersold to me because I thought I was like, boy, there's a lot here. He has a great command of language and how to sort of do these things. And I, I think what it doesn't have that Stan had that Stan probably brought to stuff was a little bit of uh, self-awareness, a little bit of smirk, a little bit of irony that I don't think. And a
1: lighter touch, like the humor. Yes. Yeah, there are bits in here, but it's also very foreboding and heavy, which is I think works for this the characters. But yes, Stan bounces it out with a little bit of uh, wiseacre ness, if I can use a modern term the kids like to use, the wiseacres. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a bully rag. I'm in the headspace of this book. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first eleven issues. Yeah, we're gonna get to my dilemma over how to rate this book at the end of the show. It is uh, incredibly enjoyable. It's bonkers. You also get to see his collage work, which he uses a lot, the cosmic pages, especially with Metron. And I saw some of those a couple years ago. They had a Kirby exhibit here in, outside of Los Angeles that I went to and saw some of these pages. And, you know, he would he would do full on collage work for space scenes, you know, not drawings, but like magazine yeah. shots. And you would never get that shit in comics now. And it's, well, you would, but only because he did it Right. It, like it's pretty avant garde. Well, it would, it would be done in Photoshop. It would be made to look real. This is like no attempt to make it look. It just it added to the otherness it's of the scenes. I think the humor in this story came from the sort of strangeness of it. So I'm looking at page 88 on your digital reader, and it's it's just Darkseid lurking in an alley in Earth. It's a beautiful drawing of Darkseid. It's a close-up shot of him.
0: <laughs> the one where he's – I know what you're talking about with that. But the one where, like, all of a sudden he's lurking in an alley. Yeah. Like, around the corner. <laughs> yeah. And that's where the humor comes. Not
1: from – He's meaning to have it happen, but just the strangeness of that, especially as you know, as we know Dark Side now, it wouldn't fit with him now. He's so he's got th- the crazy side eye. It's great. <laughs> it's a beautiful drawing. It's a beautiful drawing. Yeah, the it art is. in his first eleven issues it's just it's just incredible. It's
0: another thing is that the first bit of it is inked by Vince Coletta. And um if you're familiar with lore, which isn't the same thing as being familiar with fact. <laughs> He's infamous for when he inked Kirby, he would flatten some stuff out. He would erase some Kirby lines and sort of do it you know, his way to, to economize his time, basically. Yeah.
1: He's famous for erasing Kirby, which is his yes. the knock on him. And a lot of old-timers say that's unfair. And if, if you look at the pencil pages, you can definitely see that they didn't ink everything Kirby drew. But on the other hand, they had to get the books out. So it's all very complicated the inking drops off as the inkers change, for sure. Yeah, the art flattens out.
0: Yeah, and I think that there's a bad uh, effect of that to a certain extent. But I think that also happens with other artists, and you just don't even realize it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's just that in retrospect, we look back and we see that it's Kirby. But like all in all, like I thought, especially you know, again, the '70s stuff looked great. Like yeah. it, you know, I uh, when Mike Royer comes on to me, you know, and a lot more ink is on the page. Yes, um, that definitely. That gave it something. For Mike sure. Royer
1: was the best inker. We talked about it before. It's Jack Kirby and then like seven inkers. That's who did this book. So mm-hmm. Kirby wrote Drew, et cetera, and then the inkers did everything else. I'm trying to get to the title page so I can read all the inkers' names. Uh, it was uh, Mike Royer, Vince Coletta, D. Bruce Berry, Don Heck, Greg Feekston did the inks. Did Don Heck do anything other than the sketches at the end? I don't know. He's listed as an inker.
0: There's some concept sketches near the end of the characters, and they're drawn by Kirby and inked by Don Heck, and then um, Kirby colored them, and the coloring is a little different, because they're they're basically they're uh, development sketches. They're
1: beautiful. That must be where Don Heck did the ink. So in the, in the series itself, yeah. it's Mike Royer, Vince Coletta, Dee Bruce Berry, and Greg Feekston. and the Royer pages are the best, the Coletta pages are next, and then, then you get to the problematic area when Dee Bruce Berry and Greg Feekston yeah. are, are inking. That's the 80s, though. I really enjoyed... So, Ryan rescues these humans... And there's, like, they're across the spectrum. There's, like, there's the old, like, insurance agent, and then there's the, like, secretary, and then there's uh, Dave Lincoln, the, the Seamus, the private eye, and there's, like, the college kid. Oh, it basically disappears and never comes back from the story, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, he's to get back to college. Obviously, he's got classes to attend. And so they get rescued from, from Apocalypse, by, and they go through the boom tube, and Orion saves them, and he's, he comes back with them. He says, basically, there's going to be a war on Victor Lanza, insurance broker. There's going to be a war on Earth, and you guys have to help. And they're just like, uh, what? And then <laughs> the comedy of this like little team of humans, the insurance guy, the secretary, and the private eye working together with Orion, which was funny.
0: I liked how they were all in. Yeah, they didn't question it. No, they were like, well, we were there. That place was shit. So whatever this guy says, we should go with it. And that was kind of it.
1: Well, and- <laughs> so you have Victor Lanza, insurance broker, mm-hmm. and Claudia Shane, who's a secretary and not a pawn in some spy game. I'm, l- I'm looking at that right now. That's the only real time they, they object to being in this war. And then Orion says, no, no, this game is bigger than all of us. and It's bigger than the universe. We have to work together. And they don't, after that, they don't complain again. Yeah. That was fun. We, we also introduced Dan Turpin, who becomes a major Superman character later on. Yep, He's a cop. Terrible Turpin. Hmm. You know, just scenes where, like, Orion, <laughs> with all of his human friends, walk into a room on page 37, the Oh deadly dark side, And just you see dark, dark Side hanging out in the chair. It's a nice place. It's just scenes like that that are fun. But then, man, look at that next page where Orion's basically tasered yeah. by Brola, and God, look at look, <laughs> look at that dynamism! Look at the Kirby dots! Look how he fits it all into that low horizontal panel. He was still doing masterful work. So here's the thing, I,
0: you know, as I was going through it, you know, the work is breathtaking, and you know, because we we're looking at this in retrospect, you, I am reading through it and saying, so you know, how does this? What what was original about this at the time, and how is it getting carried out? I'm constantly sort of analyzing it in that way, and I'm looking at his storytelling, and I'm looking at the. I think you said the word dynamism. Yeah. Really, that is and that is the watchword for Jack Kirby, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. You know, honestly, we've talked about this before, but like to be able to appreciate this now as a person who was not around then, it takes a little learning. Oh, You know, sure. you can look at it and go, that looks cool. But, the, you know, to put it in its context in the proper place and and what other comics look like before he came along cannot be overstated. And and it just in terms of like if if the only thing this guy ever did was character design, he'd be one of the most important comic superhero comic book artists ever. Yes. You know, his designs are, you know, a legend. You know, think about all of those Marvel characters. Like those are the best versions of those characters. No one's ever beat that. They just haven't. And, you know, they can update them a little as they go on here and there, but every time they try to redesign it, you're like, it's not as good. It, you know, when Orion shows up in a comic book right now, he looks like this.
1: Well, he no, he did before the new 52. Oh, well. They fucked him up. Ugh.
0: Yeah. You know what? One thing didn't work, just so that it's not all. <laughs> the one thing that's really weird is so oh, Orion is Darkseid's son. Yes that's important to know and he grew up on new genesis and not apocalypse uh, so that you know the story is that in order to maintain peace high father and dark side traded sons so scott free who is mr miracle he grew up on apocalypse and he is high father's son and vice versa with uh, orion but orion when his mother box fails to disguise him he looks grotesque and horrid yeah but really it just means he has a better haircut and bushy eyebrows
1: well, yeah, I mean, they give him they give a really heavy brow, so there's like shadows, and he's got. He, sometimes his face looks like it's been punched a lot, other times it just looks like he's shadowy. Inconsistent. There was an inconsistency
0: with that, but a lot of times, like the, especially as we get into the 80s stuff, handsome Orion has the worst page boy haircut yeah, he ever. He looks
1: like He Man. <laughs>
0: He does. I can't. I don't remember. I remember that like all the toys looked like that for a while. But and now it's clear, like, oh, oh, the He-Man toys—they were doing Kirby.
1: Well, that's an interesting side note, and this is totally just off topic, but related. Is if you've seen the Masters of the Universe film, the mm-hmm. only He-Man live-action film starring Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella, that was meant to be a New Gods film. The script was a New Gods script, and they just re- mm-hmm. they just basically repurposed it for He-Man. If you watch it, there's a boom tube, and it's all the same. It's basically yeah. this story. The war between New Genesis and Apocalypse goes to Earth and they fight it there. And If you didn't know that and watch that movie again and watch it knowing that it's supposed to be about the new gods, it's, it is 100% a new god story.
0: I wonder if Jack got screwed on that.
1: I'm sure everyone did. I mean, they just took a script they had the rights to and they said, well, rewrite that for He-Man and they just basically right. changed the names. Yep.
0: So, uh, you know, it, it, basically, as I, I went through it, I kept looking, you know, at, at panels and poses and storytelling. And boy, the double page spreads in here are amazing. As Metron is traveling through time, there's cavemen who are fighting, you know, like mermen looking dudes. That's, uh, let's see, what page is that? That's 81 on your digital reader, uh-huh. you know, and then they go into the cosmos and there's all the Kirby dots. It's just like every page there would be something where he would be trying for lack of a better word, like there's an effort. Maybe it wasn't hard for him or whatever, but there would be something interesting. Like he didn't take the easiest road. Just how somebody's flying at the camera or some weird pose or angle or looking at, you know, everything had something where, and it was super melodramatic. Mm-hmm. and that's important that's a big part of it you know and everything that came after it that had been sort of made cool but using the tricks that he had it still starts here
1: i want to point out something from what you're talking about this is not the issue where metron is highlighted so in the in the modern comics we've seen the source wall and it's basically a a giant wall you know there's no metaphor there as a fucking wall in space <laughs> the idea is that the gods who have died are placed in the wall and so usually you've seen like they're sort of, sort of stuck in the wall and in, in, in the Christ pose, and they're sort of uh, part of the wall. But here we, we see the source wall. It's, it's not that yet. He hasn't really figured out what it is. There's a double page spread, and I'm gonna say something crazy, and you might think it's crazy, people listen and people listening might think it's crazy. This might be the best page I've ever seen drawn in a comic book. I looked at this. Can you give me a number? I'm gonna give give you one second. I'm I'm just teeing it up. I looked at it okay. for a good five minutes. And then went back to it many times. It's going to seem crazy to you because it's not that complicated, but I was stunned by the page 104 on your digital reader. It's where Metron arrives at the source wall. And there's a giant god that's basically strapped to an asteroid, which is, I guess, the source Oh, wall. yes. Yes. I don't know what it is. It's the it's the foreshortening. It's the way that the god is portrayed on the wall. It's the detail. The scale, if you look where Metron is. Yeah, the scale of it, the scale of the god. it I've never seen anything like this done this well in a comic. And people might look at this and say, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And I don't really know what the fuck no, I'm talking I, about either. But I think this might be the best panel I've ever seen drawn in a comic book.
0: I don't know that I had that exact phrasing, but I did stick on it. And I, what, what I was thinking, I was like, that's the most Kirby yeah. that this book got. And, it, you know, like in, in, you know, all of his shapes... You know, look at the way that the fingers are shaped, those sort of blocky rectangles that are sort of really close to us on one side. The fact that, you know, the the cosmos of the dots and everything is roiling off to one side. You know, Metron is tiny. It's a god strapped to a, you know, strapped dramatically to this rock. Look at his feet.
1: His feet are not really detailed. They're sort of implied, sort Mm -hmm. of impressionistic. Like, there's a lot of things going on on this page. The color's great. Just bright purples, or then there's the oranges and, the, and the yellow for the 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 roiling fire, or whatever that is over there, and the green of the god against this the gray of the, his imprisonment and the black rock. It's just, man, I just I looked at this page. There's a lot of artistry going on in this. Oh sure, I can't imagine being a kid and turning the page to this double page spread. You can feel like you can reach out and touch his hand, and not in a photorealistic way, but feel like you can feel it.
0: This chunk that comes after this, which is all the stuff in the ocean mm-hmm. with the the deep six, I think. Through the next issue, like there's giant sea monsters, and let's mm-hmm. you know, we want to talk about scale is something that he did really yes. well. It was really fun to look at, and also just like I'm not like a big monster fan, but God, he drew the best monsters. He, he drew did. the best monsters throughout this whole thing. You know, there's just you know just scary alien tortured creatures. Yep. and they're sort of constant and and you you honestly get so used to them that it's difficult to take in like how much creation is being done. Like I think of all this, because like, there's a new design on every page. Yeah. And whenever there's a double page spread, there's not a waste of double page spread in here. Like if Kirby goes two pages or goes a full page, like it's going to be something.
1: It means something in the story. Yeah.
0: Yes. It
1: also just like it's something
0: real good. You know, it's something to be, you know, if you're him, it's something to be proud of. Like he's it's like, I'm going to I'm going to smack you in the in the face. I'm going to you know, I'm going to get your eyes with this. It's all over it. And, and again, let's remember, he's 54 at this time. A lot of comic artists are slowing down at that point, And he has been let loose to run and he doesn't have to hand it to Stan and nobody else has to take credit for it. It's all him.
1: Mm hmm.
0: You know, and he get portrayed as a bit of a sad sack. Poor me, you know, I shouldn't be treated like this. And then he keeps doing it. Fascinating figure. But the work is so contrasted to the personality that I've, I've read about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like, it, like it's this, like, look for pictures of him. He's not, he does not look like a person who's going to write this crazy shit.
1: No. No, he doesn't.
0: He it's doesn't. It's insane. And then the stuff that's still working, you know, now I want to go back and I want to read the the Mr. Miracle stuff, but, you know, this makes me want to go back and read Tom King and, and Mitch Garrett's Mr. Miracle again, because right. I feel like there's definitely stuff that I would have missed that's now going to be in there. And, I, you know, I've come across the New Gods and everything a, a lot over the years, but now I'm like, What's well, it's kind of silly to have done that
1: without reading this. Well, I mean, I love the New Gods. I've always loved the New Gods. I think it's because I you know yeah. came across them when I was nine, but to me, it was always a big deal when they showed up until recently when they're like Darkseid's everywhere, but you know, when a story of Darkseid appeared, or like on a final page or something, then you were like, oh shit. You know, the same thing in the mm-hmm. cartoons when they, they used the new gods pretty liberally in the Bruce Tim cartoons as the big bads of the universe, as they should have. There was nothing better than seeing Superman able to be let loose against a villain. He can't punch like Luthor at full strength, but he can punch Darkseid at full strength. Right. That was always funny. It made them scary because they were not easily rounded up for the police. And this is where this all comes from. but I, I want to make sure we're giving full credit here to the storytelling, be, and not beyond the art, because sure. most everyone will appreciate the art, but a lot of people you will not be able to read these stories. And you have to be able to appreciate them for the time and the way they were done and how comics were. But I had no problem reading this book. I thought it was terrifically fun. <laughs> it, it moved pretty fast. It introduced a ton of concepts, but you never really bogged down in them. Characters came, they had important things to do, and then they went. People got killed. They all got resurrected later on by DC, but you know, like Desaad gets killed, and Mantis and other people get killed. Yeah, everybody kept dying. I was like, "Geez, that's uh, that's quite a lot of killing." He meant this to be a a finite story about these gods, and they were all going to get killed eventually. So I was surprised when Darkseid zaps Desaad with his Omega beams. And I'm looking at the page now, on page 106, in which Turpin's just going to town on that sandwich, uh, while Dave Lincoln tells him about Orion.
0: (laughs) Can we talk about Dave Lincoln for a little bit? My favorite part about Dave Lincoln is that they kept saying Dave Lincoln, like full (laughs) Dave Lincoln. It's like uh, in Perkins or something like that. And then later they stopped saying Dave Lincoln, but you keep having Orion and uh, uh, Light Ray just say Dave. And it's really funny (laughs) to have these really like everything they say is overwrought and is, you know, everything is bombast at the end of the world. And then the word Dave is com- con- contrast that completely to it and it made me laugh every time and it's funny cuz I was do I was posting pictures of these on Instagram cuz it kept happening but like at one point you know Dave kind of tricks Orion into meeting with the cops and then yeah. you know and and Orion's like it's fine don't worry about it and it, because it turns into a thing he he was he was trying to help him and it never turns into you know like he doesn't he doesn't go after Dave he know Dave's a good guy Dave's just trying to help. Dave is trying to help. And Dave, also cool as shit. Like, <laughs> like Dave's got real Don Draper energy going on.
1: He's a PI, you know, as the cops mm-hmm. derisively call him, a Seamus. <laughs> I was a little surprised reading through this that, and all of the data mining that comic creators do now, you know, they love to pull out old characters from the past. And I'm surprised yep. that Tom King hasn't pitched a Dave Lincoln 12 issue miniseries. Because, like, he would be a great wow you're right pi character to show up in the dc universe
0: like it's amazing that like Rucker or brubaker never did one during all that time you're right
1: i had him come as as like a supporting character in the superman book or something but he's Uh a great character i like victor lanza who is the uptight insurance salesman but also pretends to be like a mobster when it's needed Mm -hmm. he's fun that was really funny too because afterwards he's like i was terrified (laughs) (laughs) but he did it because it was the right thing to do but then eventually those characters sort of fall by the wayside. Dave Lincoln pretty much stays there for most of it and, and yep. Claudia shows up to sort of <laughs> encourage Dave Lincoln or pat him on the back. But you know, then we start to get toward towards the end, it becomes more about the the new gods. And there was a little little side story about Forager, the bug, who yep. I knew from Cosmic Odyssey. Who was part of an underclass race, who are not seen as human, and the, even New Genesis doesn't see them. You know, Orion shoots them horribly.
0: I read about the end. There's in the, there's basically the the who's who pages. Yep. And the idea was that Darkseid seeded, like he basically attacked. It was like bio warfare against right. New Genesis, and that the the organisms that he dropped turned into the bugs, which are not humans, um, and they're an underclass and. It's weird because you're right. Like, there's a thing where like no everybody treats them shitty, and I was like, is this okay? Is it okay to
1: do this this story? But I think that's part of it because you know, New Genesis is supposed to be this idyllic place, you know, as Mm -hmm. in contrast to Apocalypse. But even on New Genesis, there's an underclass. You know, I think that that's got to be a commentary from Jack Kirby, who didn't shy away from social commentary.
0: Let's remember where he grew up and what he was, which is you know, Lower East Side, Manhattan, Jewish Jewish immigrant, poor, absolutely. You know, it was interesting too, is that. I was looking for Jack's psychology in here
1: mm-hmm.
0: for lack of a better word. And I, I don't feel like I saw a lot of it other than sort of his pure imaginative id. Right. It's just like, it just pours out. And I actually don't think I'm I'm skipping around. I actually don't think that this was super planned out. I feel like he was just kind of, I, I don't know if he'd scripted the whole thing. I think he was sort of creating as he went to a certain extent, you know, I'm sure he had ideas, but it really it felt very loose in that way. Anyway, uh, you know, so I was trying to find things that like, spoke to his experience in the world and I think that underclassed stuff did a certain bit. He created a lot of African American characters who Mm -hmm. unfortunately all have black in front of their names but let's not forget that you know like the character of the black racer who is in here is one of those weirdest concepts. Yes. Maybe ever so you've got this Vietnam vet who is basically in a a in a coma, he doesn't, you know, it's uh, Johnny got his gun, you know, can't he see, hear, move, nothing. And he is got the spirit of a black racer in him. And when he is called upon, you know, he goes to somebody will die at the touch. And he has skis and he's faster <laughs> than he can fly at the speed of light. Six over surfer. Yep. But there's a real like quiet dignity to him otherwise, you know, like it is not. There's not much sort of the, in, the inherent racism that you might have expected from the time. You get the feeling that he was really trying. There was that, and then there was there was a bit at the end, and I think this might have been in the in the later stuff, the '80s stuff, where it was a little bit of what it would have been like during wartime.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Jack fought in in Europe. He was in Bastogne. He was in some of the worst fighting in the and there was a real edge to that stuff where like everything around them is war torn and you know everybody's on edge and they're sort of looking around and nobody's and i thought oh that's a little of him in there cuz he never talked about that stuff yeah that was
1: the hunger gods graphic yep. novel so let's move forward Sorry, I'm all a all little, over the no place. no let's move forward a little bit because we we could do 2 hours on jack Kirby. we just yes. can't do 2 hours on jack Kirby. <laughs> so you get to an issue issue 11 and again i'm flying through this you're in you're in the late 200s you're like 275 280 of this 424 page book so Kalabak and Orion fought earlier, and now they're fighting again. And the black racer comes out of uh, the Vietnam vet because he has to go. He's got a, a, a god to take. He's death for gods. He, he takes you away to the source wall. And so while Kalabak and Orion are fighting, he's racing towards that fight. So, so that's, that's trouble. Even though in the, before it happened, Orion was able to convince him otherwise. Meanwhile, Darkseid kills Desaad with his Omega Beams. And then the Black Racer takes Calabac. And so Calabac is dead. And then Orion says, there's a panel on page 289 in the book, but 282 on the digital reader. And He looks at the camera basically and says, and so it shall be. I deny it no longer to others or to myself. I am Darkseid's son, armed and ready with this heritage bequeathed me, the ultimate ferocity. When I clash with Darkseid, the war will end. And that's it. That's the end of the series. <laughs> That's the last you see of The New Gods for 10 years. For whatever reason, that's when it ended. And then you get the next page where they show um, an advertisement uh, house ad in the 80s for the return of The New Gods. And it says, following the publication of Mr. Miracle 18 in 1973, Jack Kirby said goodbye to the fourth world characters for over a decade. In 1984, a new reprint miniseries appeared that collected the 11 issues of The New Gods. Its sixth and final issue featured an all-new story titled Even Gods Must Die that bridged Kirby's previous fourth world stories with the epic finale to his cosmic saga, The Hunger Dogs, an original graphic novel published in 1985. And both of those appear now. So he ends abruptly this new God story with, <laughs> with this declaration from Orion to the reader that the war will end. And then, for whatever reason, doesn't finish it. Finishes Mr. Miracle a couple of years later. And then... Nothing happens for ten years. It was very interesting. It is. And then we get the finale to the story. I mean he went back to Marvel. I guess. I don't I mean I don't know this He did. Really. He did that Captain America run,
0: which is crazy and Henry Kissinger's in it.
1: So then we just we jump forward and we read the issue that supposedly ends the story and that issue ends with Orion getting shot to pieces. That felt very much like a World War II scenario where he gets gunned down yep. by a bunch of soldiers. But that, this is the point where the book turns, because it's 10 years later. Now Jackson is 60s. The art's clearly fallen off. There's, the inkers aren't helping. The art's very flat. A lot of the detail's gone. A lot of the lived inness, the the worldliness, the detail on those giant pages is not there. It took a turn for me at, at this point.
0: It did, but the storytelling is still there, and then most of the dynamism is still there. The
1: fundamentals are there, but the problem is what's on top of the fundamentals yeah. isn't great.
0: That's true. And there's bits where, you know, the, the faces are having a hard time holding together. There are still pages in here where the, wow, that's really impressive, but it, you know, it's loosening, you know, it's definitely, and again, I don't, I don't think the inking helped. It was probably very much of the time and that they would as well as let's spice this up or, you know, try to make it look more, a little more modern, you know, like, you know, try to stretch Kirby over two eras. But at least, and I, I feel like we'd be remiss not to point this out at least the
1: coloring in this book, right up until you get to sort of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the next yeah. well, bit that's the next, after this. That's the awful part. So, yeah. D. Bruce Berry inked this final issue, and he also lettered it. This one here starts what you were talking about, where this feels very much like Kirby drawing on his World War II experience, because this is the yep. final battle that takes place in the streets of Apocalypse. You know, if you've seen any movie, World War II movie, it's it's like hollowed out buildings with tanks shooting at, you know, bricks flying everywhere. This feels very much like that. There's even, a, I'm looking at a page now, page 289, where a grenade is tossed that looks exactly like a U.S. grenade from World War II. It just, this yeah. feels very much like Kirby drawing on that experience and working through it in a sci-fi setting. And you're right, the storytelling's here, the fundamentals are here. The story itself is still compelling. This is still very compelling. Yeah, totally. Final chapter It's just unfortunate because the art is dropped off and for various reasons and it's too bad. But I still was very much into it. When Orion gets shot up at the end, I was like, whoa, shit. And also he draws draws Light Ray to look like the Human Torch when he's flying, which I thought was really funny. If anybody's allowed to do that, it's him. (laughs) There's just some very intense battle sequences in here. and trying to get to the end where... You know, Orion and Darkseid are finally battling it out. They're shooting at each other. They're punching mm-hmm. each other. And then Darkseid reveals his trump card where he says, he he shouts now. Nah, and all these sh- soldiers will pop up and they just blast Orion all to hell. And there's a, even though it, the art's not great, when he's falling, I thought it was very yeah. dramatic and emotional. When his body full of holes is sort of collapsing to the ground, I thought it was it was really well done. And that's how the story ended.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, Yeah. I like that he, I, I love that. I, I love that, like, he got to do his thing and he did this, it's like David Chase, you know, like, well, I'm ending either, You know, he just He just did the thing. You know what I was thinking the whole time through this is that this actually made Darkseid more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was kind of, he's a great evil character. Like, he's a great yeah. bad guy in that like, he was just kind of a mid-tier courtier, you know, and he sort of in the background arranged you know, all these bad things happened. The queen, his mother, was killed, and he sort of set that in motion. And then he sent his uncle Steppenwolf off to go fight a battle that he knew that a he would lose, and would set off the bigger war. You know, and that's how he could take over. You know, the machinations of that are, are yeah, really I, fun to me. Yeah, I forgot
1: about that. I think eventually I'd read about that, but to see his sort of origin, where he comes from, just oh, that's the son of the queen. That's Darkseid. He looks re- he looks real evil, but don't worry about him. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was, it was kind of in contrast to the way that he's
1: drawn. Actually, you know, his name wasn't he's... even Darkseid. It was whatever his real name is at the time right. when he was the, in the court. Yeah, that part was really interesting. He is a great character. He is one of my favorite all-time characters. And that look, that look for Darkseid that Kirby created here lives until 2011. and yep. They changed the lookup, but you know, that look lived from 71 to 2010, so that's a, that's a classic look. So now let's talk about The Hunger Dogs, which is the graphic novel... Which was unusual because comics didn't you know if you even look in the cover, it says graphic novel number four, so it was the fourth original graphic mm-hmm. novel that d c had made in nineteen eighty five it came out. It's not comic sized, so the pages here are about three quarters sized but it seemed like it switched like there some pages that were the full page though it was throwing me off I think that was just the um like the title page that they added in for this edition okay. But well, there, yeah, but was, there was be a couple of story pages. Oh, you you're go, right. There's a couple of bigger ones. That's weird. I don't know why. Yeah,
0: mean. yeah. And it would go back because I'd notice that they don't fill the whole sheet. There's a bit of white space at the bottom, and then there would be a couple of pages where they did fill the whole you're thing. You're right. That's bizarre. It was very bizarre.
1: So this book comes out in 1985. This is his wrap-up to the New God saga. He wrote and drew it. It was inked by D. Bruce Berry and Mike Royer, so the good inker and the bad inker. <laughs> the problem is Greg Theakston... He was an ink reconstructionist. Hmm. They clearly had to go back and re-ink some things that they didn't have the pages for, and then it was recolored. And if you've mm-hmm. listened to our show, you know we are very much against the modern coloring of the classic art style, and that is no different here. I mean, there's it's just it does it's not worse. It does it's not work.
0: even worse. Yeah, and it, the first part of it just looks so good. Like I don't, I don't know how i don't know how they reconstructed the art i can't imagine there was a pristine colored no. master round so i think that they probably had to recreate the colors at least for the reprint and they did it you know this is what they would have wanted the colors to look like if they had the technical printing ability to you know and the, like their paper wasn't cheap and whatever that's what it would have looked like and so you get to this last story and like no let's put some some texture in there you don't need to No, it's 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 completely unnecessary.
1: You don't need the highlights. You don't need anything. I'm just I'm looking at this a page. There's a lot of talking heads. The dark side. It's just they they put all these highlights on his skin, and it's uh, page three thirty four. It's just you don't need, don't need it. (laughs) Then there's that giant face shot of him. That one of those pages you're talking about. One of those full page shots on three thirty six. That's just yeah, too much, too much. Don't need gradients. I don't need the stuff in the background. It was a problem. The art wasn't great. The inking wasn't great. The coloring was atrocious. I had a hard time finishing though this part of it.
0: I liked the bit of um, what's his name Boron bo- uh... <laughs> Borax. I don't know. I forget his name. the The father of the uh, of of Becca. Oh, Mir remember. Miron,
1: Miron. No, Mir- it's Mir something.
0: Yeah, I liked that story. Yes, I did. And and that was kind of interesting. He he's much more hideous when he's. Hi, not. I'm sorry,
1: Hyman, Hyman. That's Hymen. it. It was something boron. I don't know, who knows? <laughs> no, there's a dude. There's a dude with black hair whose name is like that. Whose name is like okay. Th- like I liked that. that story, and you know, like say, you know, through the whole thing, though, there were still it's bits Lonar. where I don't know who I don't know who his or, it's
0: Where there's a lot of names. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of names. So there's still bits where, like, that's Kirby. You know, like that's. Mm-hmm. It's enough to be worth it. I wish that it wasn't colored that way.
1: I lost the thread on the MicroMark thing. I did too. That was my problem, and, and it's, a big, it's a major portion of the story. It's some technology for some reason called MicroMark. I thought it was a person named
0: MicroMark for a while. Like, there was a little tiny mic.
1: They were making Mark. these MicroMark bombs, that, and eventually they blow up New Genesis with them. And It was very – I had a hard time following that particular bit. It was like some offshoot of Motherbox technology.
0: Yes, but you know what's interesting though is that the the ending of the story though is still basically that like Orion gets away, Hyman, you know, sacrifices himself, yeah, and and it looks like you know Becca and Orion are going to have a future. But then at the same time, New Genesis uh, High Father just doesn't end around. He's like, I'm going to blow my planet up so you have nothing to hold over me. And they're all in um, is it the super city? I think they're floating city.
1: And then, well, then, but then the, the sort of the sort of uh, epilogue is that yeah, Metron's found a planet for them. So they're gonna
0: yeah. go there. You know that was great. So yeah. like you're right. In the middle there was it was a little confusing, but also I was like, yeah, it's a war. There's a bunch of shit going on. It Doesn't really matter. It's a threat. You know I can get a lot of slack that I might not give other books. You know, but I thought that the last couple of pages were fantastic.
1: Well, three eighty one is an incredible double page spread. That's all, almost all uh, collage.
0: Yep. That show, that oh, shows, yeah. Oh uh, yeah.
1: The planet blowing up. And I stopped
0: uh, and looked at that for a good long while.
1: That was great. I love Darkseid's little little vehicle that he used to travel around oh
0: yeah oh yeah his little uh his little uh bank uh air tube it's like the, he the... had
1: like a little tr- he's own private like railroad i love that he when shit got real he just would go up and he'd get this his thing and take off <laughs> just,
0: i know he's, he's kind of he's a big strong dude you know like his if you look at his card i think he's seven foot six he's 500 yeah. 600 pounds He's like, nah, I'm not going to mess with this. I'm going to get my car. And let's not let's not overstate, overstate the fact that the Omega beam is one of the coolest things that's ever been yeah. drawn. I love that. The the zippy thing goes all over the place. God, yeah. it's so good. It's awesome in video games, too.
1: Yeah, so, you know, there's a not a detente, but you know, Dark Side wins a little bit. He he kills Hyman. He gets his revenge on Hyman, and the New Genesis ostensibly explodes. He doesn't get to kill Orion or Becca because they escape, but New Genesis Lives to Fight Another Day, Darkseid has sort of lost his hold on, on Apocalypse, though, because the the Hunger Dogs, which is the title of the book, who are essentially the peons, the workers, the people who toil in the in the fire pits, they've risen up in defiance of the leadership. Darkseid's actually lost control of Apocalypse by the end of this book. That's actually what has happened.
0: They were in the tubes. Yes. Yeah. He was he was amazed, like, how'd they get in my tubes? <laughs> so
1: Actually, Yeah, so actually, that's it's actually not status quo at the end. At the end, Darkseid is basically lost upon us. Oh, yeah. so now, the next time we see the new gods, which is, I think, Legends a year later, it's all back to status quo, because at that point, Kirby's got nothing to do with it anymore. You know, it's an interesting way to end. If, if he wasn't allowed to end his story with the death of all the new gods, and Darkseid and Orion in particular, at least he got to sort of tell the tale of the uprising of the people and, and, and do that the way he wanted to do it. Yes, but I also think that it's
0: it's very he left a lot of crumbs on the table, you know, like right. like Metron was, you know, always a factor, sort of in the background. You've still got there's a lot of, again, I haven't read the the Mister Miracle stuff, but you know, there's a lot there to be picked up, and he, it's not like he was new to comics, you know, yeah. he he knew that stuff worked,
1: even if he was doing it against his will. Legends was, was sure. written by John Ostrander and Len Wein. That's who wrote it, and John Byrne drew it. Um, and that was <laughs> sort of the next time we saw them. As they try to take over Earth through propaganda. Yeah. I love that miniseries. It's a great miniseries. There's so many ideas.
0: There's so many ideas that I've proven the test of time that, you know, are still being used in comics today. And you have somebody like Tom King. You have somebody that, like Grant Morrison or Jeff Johns or whoever, uh, you know, Ostrander, who have come along and just taken up part of those. And you create a whole new subset of things um, from these, you know, rich seedlings, basically, that 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 Kirby had planted and the thing is just jam-packed with them. There's so much here. It, r- it really was a lot. But it, like it, I, we were talking about how it took us a while to read it. And you know, we were taking I, – I never wasn't enjoying myself.
1: No, I was always happy to read it. It, just, it was just so much. It was taxing. I had to put it down. Yes. I also didn't want to blow through it. I wanted to really enjoy it. So it just it took a while. Yeah. And if you think about it, I know this is somewhat trite. But when is the last time someone came into comics, created a whole new world, and had it resonate with the community and, and stay around as a major factor?
0: Twice. (laughs) 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 No, I I mean, yeah, it's it's funny because his stuff was so and I'm not trying to take away from Stan, but a lot of that, you know, that was from was from Jack and it's taken up so much space that almost no one has been able to fill that space with their own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like he, he like so much of it is like, yeah, let's just keep using Captain America. Right. You know, because no one's beaten it yet. And that has something to do with legacy and it has something to do with, you know, comfort. But also it has something to do with the power of an idea that just has staying power and has all these ways around it. And I don't I'm not you know, I don't think that he was consciously doing that guy was just a font of ideas. You know, you know, that's not that's not even on top of the fact that he drew like he did. Right. It was all part and parcel together. And yeah, that's just, why it's always bizarre it when here. people
1: say, well, why are they letting the, the artist draw? Well, that's been comics the entire way through. Yeah. I'm looking at Darkseid's Who's Who's Entry. He's 7'6, 515 pounds.
0: Yeah. He'd do okay in the MMA circuit. <laughs> that's even without the Omega Beams. So I love yeah. that idea, though, that you're right. Like, he's like the one guy that Superman can just go to town
1: on. Yeah. I like that. Well, I remember the end, if you recall, the end of the Superman animated series ended with him fighting the new gods. You know, I do. The, Turpin the, was in that. The death of Dan Turpin and then the, the yep. funeral that they got in trouble for because the, at the funeral they put a bunch of Marvel characters because Dan Turpin in the, in the cartoon was drawn to look like Kirby. Yep. I do remember that. I don't know if I knew it at the time. Right. Oh, there's no, we, we wouldn't have known at the time. And so then at, the, at his funeral when the character died, they had like the Fantastic Four and they had a bunch of other characters and in in, mm-hmm. in civilian clothing, but it was clearly them and and then a bunch of people from history and real people and then they got in trouble. So they they never actually aired that again. <sighs> It's amazing that the legacy of the, of the imagination and the work, and he came to DC and created a whole new world for them, and it's sustained itself to this day. To the most recent, most acclaimed work out of DC in Western Miracle, it's still incredibly relevant, despite how much they try to mismanage the properties. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. So, what's your what's your big takeaway? I guess,
1: and 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 what is your
0: how how would you approach a rating that we're supposed to do by contract? So,
1: <laughs> the rating was tough for me. I I'm just going to get into it. I settled on a four star out of five. Hmm. The first bit, the first 11 issues is five stars. And then for me, the second part of the book is three stars. And so the average is four for me. That's how I came to it. Okay. I can't give it five all the way through. It's just because I'm rating the, the volume, and the volume includes the terrible coloring. Mm-hmm. I'm not rating Kirby four stars i'm reading the way it's presented the bad inking Mm -hmm. and look the art's not great in the second half he's getting older it's not as good as the first half it's just i'm trying to be as Mm objective objective as i possibly can if this collection ended with orion telling me that the war would continue then i would have given it five stars
0: i consider that i was gonna just write to you like what if we just stop here (laughs) well because the one thing is very pure like i've got this story i want to tell Right, And then after that is, Jack, can you keep telling this story for us? And he's like, okay. Because he, you know, dude wanted to work. Right, Dude wanted to work. You know, and it doesn't mean that it was necessarily bad, but it wasn't the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, if I'm not going to go five, I'm going to go 4.75. Okay.
1: And that's totally fair.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a delight. I am disappointed that a younger me wouldn't have been able to appreciate this as much, but I'm glad that I actually didn't read it until I could. Right. If that makes sense, like, you know, like it, you know, it would have been wasted on me at an earlier time. And I just love that, you know, you can you can read about Kirby and you can hear about him and you can have people talk about him. And, you know, anybody, anybody who really has spent a life in comics and knows a lot about it, you know, he he cannot be overstated. It cannot be overrated. And I love that the work holds up to that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it, it just is. And it's it's very present It's very, you know, it's full of life and energy. And I I love the contrast of sort of who he was compared to that. I think it's super interesting.
1: Yeah. This is terrific. This is totally worth reading. I'm really happy I have that omnibus. Although I think, I believe there's a page problem in that omnibus. I think they printed some of the pages in the wrong order. But I'm glad I've got everything in that um, that one volume. So I'll definitely be reading eventually. Mm -hmm. And this was incredibly fun. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad this was our best blood selection for the month. Yeah, super fun. So check it out, iFanboy.com is where you can go. You can talk about this book there. Uh, we have our weekly Pick of the Week show, which we talk about the weekly releases. And we have our splode show, which is Josh's interview show, which is the companion piece of this show. We have our monthly media MediaSplode show. There's a lot of shows happening at iFanboy.com. You can listen to them all there. And we'll be back in two months with the next explode, And we'll let you know as soon as we know what it's going to be. Short book. It's going to be short, though. Uh, <laughs> and sparse. We'll find a silent book.
0: I hope those of you who are ahead of the game on this and have been reading along with us enjoyed it the same way that we did. The idea that, that, that he's still able to sort of make comic book readers smile and impress them really makes me happy. Absolutely. He would have liked that, too.
1: Yeah. All right. So until two months from now, we'll be back in, with the Booksplode. I am Connor.
0: And I'm Josh. Thanks so much, everyone.